top edition of Bolton in all thanks to Palmer Bet. And wowee, we had a massive derby weekend, of course, heading into Cup Day. Then we go into Oaks, then we go into Champions Day. It is a huge carnival, the Flemington Carnival, as I say. A very good evening to Adam McGrath, all the way from Las Vegas. How are you, Ads? Hello, gentlemen. Always nice this week. We get to talk a couple more times than normal, so I'm enjoying it. I'm looking forward to diving into the Melbourne Cup. Absolutely. Shane Anderson, all the way from Copenhagen. It's morning over there, Shane O. Yeah, it's bright and early in the morning over here, Matty. Good to be with you once again. Adam, good to see you. Of course, uh, great racing in the US uh, over the past weekend with the Breeders' Cup. But for all of us uh, true Australian racing fans, it's all about the Melbourne Cup now. And uh, I'm excited. Can't wait. Now, you were just telling us to uh, Shano off here, mate. You've deep dived uh, over the last 24 hours right into some uh, some intense form. Uh, you tipped us into Vorban about eight weeks ago, mate. You were all over it, uh, continuing to kind of crunch in markets. I must admit, it is easing ever so slightly, getting out to a, uh, a bit more respectable price. But are you still sticking that way, Shano? Like, is that your thought process? Travelled over here well. Yeah, I know we'll talk about the race in, in a lot of detail, but the fascinating thing that I'm looking at when, I, when I'm assessing the, the Melbourne Cup this year is even though we've had, you know, the, the, the great racing over the past eight, nine, ten weeks in Australia and you're seeing all of the Cup runners, the horse that I'm sticking with, we haven't seen run since August 7 um, because from what I've seen in Australia, hasn't really shifted my my views. Um, I miserable weather over in Europe uh, the last couple of days so it kind of kept me locked in so it forced me to to do deep dive even further on the form than I normally would and I will say everything about Vorban he just ticks the boxes for me but importantly uh, the way that he settled in the language coming from the Willie Mullins yard uh, even Willie himself in some of the interviews the visuals that we've seen of the horse he just looks fantastic and I think you know as, as the three of us know and um you know, most people in racing who who follow um, international racing well, the, the key ingredient is how well will a horse settle into their new environment? Do they land? Do they thrive? Do they keep progressing? And it looks to uh, to uh, my eye, and certainly from the language I'm hearing from the yard, that that's what's happening with Vorban. So, I it's rare for a Melbourne Cup. I can't recall a Melbourne Cup like this where you're not being swayed with an opinion despite seeing, you know, plenty of evidence in front of you of all the other runners. To me, he's been the horse I wanted to be with since June and nothing swayed me. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to talking more deeply about Warband as we progress this morning. Shadow, because I know you'll dive into it more and it is clearly your top pick. For those that are tuning in, don't watch international racing much, have you found any negatives in your dive? I mean, you talked about the run for not a long time. What would you say are the concerns? I know you don't have any, but for other people that might not want to be backing Vorban, what in your deep dive have you sort of uh, established there? Yeah, I think probably the big telling factor is uh, 100,000 plus people at Flemington, uh, big field. It can quite often set a horse off, particularly when they haven't raced for a while. What? So, you know, I think the physical appearance of Orban in the in the yard will be telling. You know, he has been a horse, even though when you look through his 14-start career, six of his race course appearances have been in flat races. Uh, the other eight have been in jumps races. He has raced in front of big crowds previously, um, particularly at the Cheltenham Festival where he raced with success two years ago. Uh, but the telling ingredient will be how relaxed he is in the yard. He's not the biggest horse you'll ever see, but he's so compact but he can get a little bit fizzy. Um, and when he had his uh, jump out or his gallop at uh, Flemington, I should say, um, just over a week ago, he was sweating up a little bit prior to, to that work and, again, just after the work. So I think 
if you're looking to pot him in some way, look for how he responds to the occasion, particularly if it's a warm day um, on Tuesday in Melbourne. But overall, his form, people will look at and say, oh, it's been in jumps form. Let me pull out a stat that I think is pretty important. In a lot of the handicap races, the staying handicap races that we've seen in Europe this year, jumps horses have won the Chester Cup, the Queen Alexandra, the Ascot Stakes, the Ebor <laughs> Handicap, the Cesarevich, these are all the big European staying handicap races. Yeah. Plus, and I'm not even including Vorban's win at Royal Ascot. So the form of jumps horses in Europe in the big handicap flat races all season has been really strong. But I think, that, you know, to your point, Adam, I think just the physicality, what he looks like on the day, and if he starts to get very, very sweaty or very fizzed up, that could be a concern. But his form, to me, just looks rock solid. Right, what about the second favourite gold trip? Looking for back-to-back cubs to become the first uh, since Maccabi Diva to go back-to-back. Uh, great run, of course, uh, winning the Turnbull. Huge run in the Caulfield Cup run. Third, solid enough run for mine in the Cox Plate. I'll come back to you, Ads, uh, because uh, I think this is the way you might be leaning towards uh, a back-to-back cup for Kiramar David Eustace. Yeah, look, I probably still am leaning towards Vorban, and we'll talk about that as well. But of the horses we've seen regularly running here in Australia, I think Gold Trips are one putting its hand up again. Um, look, we're on it at uh, this preparation when it's saluted for as a big price. It was good in the Melbourne Cup previously, and I think it's going even better than we've seen in recent times. And the one thing I like for Gold Trip is that when you look at its last six runs, it's jumped from 11, 15, 12, 16, 11, and 8, and it finally gets a gate. And, I mean, to be winning against these good horses with so many hard efforts and long-sustained runs, I think this horse is just really going to enjoy actually tracking up nicely. I've talked about the affiliation that Mark Zara has with it. I mean, you lose nothing with J-Mac getting in the saddle as well. We saw Benny Mellum handle him nicely as well. So you tick all the boxes there. So just the more I look at it, just got that confidence with Gold Trip that you know what you're going to get. I feel like he continues to put that same effort out every run. And it's one that you're not going, oh, he needs this to go his way or he needs that to get his way. I think he's actually going to get everything he wants this time. And we know the level he's going to be at. And something's going to have to beat him. I think Vorban can. But uh, I do think Gold Trip, just if you're somebody who looks for like stable ingredients, you're getting that with Gold Trip. You're going to know what you're going to get on the day. Any concerns with the with the hot weather and the firming track, you, you would imagine? Because I think we've got 28, 28, 28 all week, effectively. Is that any concern at all, lads? Not really. I think he's handled it pretty well. Again, I wouldn't mind seeing him on a soft five. That's probably the preference. But I think he has ticked all of the boxes, uh, especially in his preparation. I mean, he's carried weight. He's done those long sustained runs. He's done it on all different circuits. And um, I don't think the good track harms him at all. I think he's probably uh, enjoying it at the moment. So, no, nah, that's not going to bother me too much at all. And if anything, you talk about that hot weather, and Shane talked about that with Vorban. The, the one thing I think with Gold Trip, I was a bit concerned about going into it last start, but now that it's had that break, I mean, he's got that residual fitness. He is hard. He's fit. The weather's not going to bother him. The crowd's not going to bother him. He's used to all of that. So, again, you get that positivity with him. So there's not really too many concerns for mine with Gold Trip at all going into this race. Right. What about the Japanese Raider uh, breakup? Shane, I'm going to come back to you, of course. Uh, uh, they took out the Golden Eagle on the weekend. It was a huge run, a huge win. Uh, not a lot went right. Uh, first up, first Australian run. Can he turn the tables? Yeah, I think he's dangerous, Matty. Um, I think, you know, a lot of the people who have looked at him closely and even the discussions coming from the camp when he came to Australia for the Caulfield Cup into the Melbourne Cup as his two targets. I think the overarching expectation was that the Melbourne Cup would suit him more than perhaps the Caulfield Cup, you know, and he looked to my eye that he needed that hit out at Caulfield. 
It was a pass mark. I wouldn't say it was a great performance. It was a pass mark. But, again, another horse that the expectations and the language that we're hearing from, from those attached to him is that he's progressed from his uh, his run at Caulfield two weeks ago. I think the, the telling factor for him, when you go back through his peak Japanese form, they've been in distances at 2,500 metres and longer. Um, he won a group two over 2,500 metres uh, just over 12 months ago, he ran really well in the Tenno Show uh, race. They have two Tenno Shows, Emperor's Cups in Japan. One's over 2,000 metres in October. The other one's over two miles in May. And in the two-mile one, he ran really well when finishing fourth on that occasion. He's run really well in feature 3,000-metre races. So when you're getting up into those distance ranges, that's when he really starts to come to the fore. He's got a sharp turn of foot at the end of those races too. Um, so, yeah, again... Physically, I would love to see him come into the yard. And if he's looking like he's come on from that first up run in the Caulfield Cup, and when I say first up run, by you know by seeing him for the first time down here, I, I think he's dangerous because uh, I like him. This might sound stupid, but he's one of the horses in a race that I actually like seeing drawn out wide because um, particularly with the way they race in Japan, they often go very fast, but horses can cover ground. It's all about rhythm and keeping horses balanced and in their zone. So I don't mind Japanese horses when they're required to cover a bit of ground. So him drawing out wide, I think, might actually be more advantageous than perhaps if he was drawn down closer to the rail. I think he's dangerous. I think he's a good chance. What about the Caulfield Cup winner, mate? Looking to become uh, the first horse since Ethereum to do the double Caulfield Cup Melbourne Cup uh, ads. Uh, Mark Zara sticks, obviously, this way. It was an impressive victory in the Caulfield Cup, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. And of course, uh, you know, I was on him that day. I was, I've been on him in the previous runs at Eagle Farm and I thought I would be on him again coming into this out of gold trip in him. But I've, I've definitely turned the tables and the barrier draw has been a big part of that. We talked about the runs for gold trip, how it's going to get a nice run now. I mean, without a fight, he's going to be forced to do another long sustained run. And I think the ride is what won it last time. Mark Zara, Mark Zara pushing gold trip back in. So with the weight swing, the barrier swing, uh, as I said, I thought I'd have without a fight as the main danger to Vorban, but I've definitely got Gold Trip now. And I think that if Mark Zara could have seen the future and had the barriers, I think he probably would have gone with Gold Trip as well. So I think that's been a big swing in the race that, uh, again, we never know before barriers come out, but I think it's a key turning point. I'm going to ask you both, uh, what do you reckon? Do you reckon it's going to be a Helder Skelter uh, Melbourne Cup? Do you reckon there's going to be plenty of pace uh, in the race? I'll right. come back to you, Shane, first. Uh, generally, uh, they are... Pretty full on, aren't they, Melbourne Cups? And uh, on a fast deck, dry day, you would imagine it's going to be, uh, they're going to go along at a pretty good clip, I reckon. Yeah, I've got my sort of workings around it being run at a, you know, good to strong tempo. So I don't think they're going to really take the pace out of the race much. I think it's going to be a good, strong gallop, particularly with the two Mullins horses drawn reasonably well, because I think that they're going to be on speed and trying to control things. So, yeah, I don't think it'll be a slowly run Melbourne Cup this year, um, but I think it's going to be run at a tempo that should get every horse their their chance. I'd love to get Adam's view on that as well. Yeah, I agree with you, Shane. I've got it. Uh, it would be a pretty good tempo. I don't think they're going to be crazy strong, but I think it's going to be solid enough that if you're a good horse and you're in a great position, even back, you'll be able to run on strongly and certainly attack the line. And it is uh, a testing event, as we always see, but uh, hopefully that is the case. There's nothing uh, worse than when you see them all bunched up and go in that slow race and it turns into a sit and sprint. But I think there's enough different form lines coming up in here, enough experienced jockeys that if they are going slow at all, they'll be taken off. But uh, I've got a pretty good run tempo. 
Right, it is the race of stops nation. Three o'clock Tuesday, of course. Uh, weather is going to be absolutely magnificent. Seventy-three thousand at Derby Day. Uh, I reckon they'll get in the nineties for Cup Day. Uh, it is going to be huge. Uh, let's have a look at the market. All thanks to Palmer Bed. Foban is our favourite at three dollars seventy. Gold Trip second favourite five fifty. Without a fight at six dollars. Sulcum at eleven dollars. The other Willie Mullins runner absurd at sixteen dollars. Breakup at eighteen dollars. Less Dodgka. It's $26. Vow and Declare, $26. Future History, $26. Cleveland, $34. Military Mission, $34. More Felons coming out of that Geelong Cup at $34. Ash Run, another Geelong Cup runner at $41. Serpentine, $51. Alenkwa at $61. Right you are from the Mar Eustace team, $61. Calipore, $61. Uh, Dequine Sweet Jr. at $91. Interpretation, $91. And uh, it is $126. The rest. I'm going to come back to you, Shane Anderson. Give us your top selection, mate, your best value, and then your first four for the Melbourne Cup for 2023. Matty, I've been with Forband for close to six months. And as <laughs> I said at the, the top of the show, I haven't seen anything that changes my mind. And I think it'll be fitting 30 years after Vintage Croc won the Melbourne Cup, after being beaten at a champion hurdle at Cheltenham at the start of the year. Nine months later, winning a Melbourne Cup, I think Vorband as an Irish galloper might do the same. Look, when I go through his form, it's impeccable. Uh, his win at Royal Ascot, where he can control the race in the Copper House, uh, Copper Horse Handicap, I should say, with Ryan Moore in the saddle, was breathtaking. He won by seven lengths. The form was franked with the runner-up observed, then coming out and winning an Ebor Handicap. It was utterly dominant. His closing fractions in the race that day suggested that he was a top-level, uh, you know, an elite-class stayer. He then went to Ireland at Nars on August 7 for the Valley Rhone Stakes over a drop in distance back to 2,400 metres, which I don't think was ideal for him. Yet again, he controlled that race with 61 kilos on his back. Colin Keane had to take the ride that day while Ryan Moore was required for a Coolmore runner. He ran uh, he ran his rivals into the ground over the last uh, concluding stages of that race, uh, again, showing that he's a high-class stayer. I think getting back up in trip is ideal for him. Um, as I said earlier, he's one of the European horses that by all reports are. He's arrived in Australia and he's thrived. And I just think when you look at the weights that he traditionally carries, you know, in jumps races, he's lumping around 75 and a half kilos in those elite level jumps races. He's won with 61 kilos on his back at his past two starts. He's dropping down in the weights now uh, to 55 kilos. I think that's a bonus. Ryan Moore's in amazing form. His ride to win with the best Rodan at the Breeders' Cup this weekend was extraordinary. So Ryan's in peak form as well. He just ticks the boxes. Gate three, leads are on speed presented to win the race at the top of the straight. I think he's going to run away a big winner of the Melbourne Cup. I'm happy to be with him. And I think $3.70 to my eye sounds stupid for a Melbourne Cup. I still think there's a bit of value about him in the race. So Gorban, number five, my top selection for the Melbourne Cup. My value selection is actually the stable, mate. Absurd. At seven, uh, number seven at $16, Zach Purton riding for Willie Mullins. Again, after being beaten by Vorband, he went to the Ebor Handicap where he lumped 60.5 kilos from an outside barrier, which is so hard to do in that race. Yet he did it. He was on speed. He kicked strongly 400 metres from home and held his rivals at bay. The horse he beat was Sweet William, who's run well in the Doncaster Cup and a long-distance cup at Group 2 level at his next two starts. With that weight drop... Good barrier. I think he's the danger to the stable, mate. So Willie Mullins for the top two. Uh, Vorban on top. Absurd, the danger. And outside of those, uh, for my top four in the Melbourne Cup, I'm putting in the Japanese horse. Breakup is my third selection. As I said earlier, I thought his run in the Caulfield Cup was a pass mark. His best form is in this distance range in Japan. 
And I think from an outside barrier, he'll be back probably slightly worse at midfield, presenting strongly late. And my fourth selection is the horse I liked in the Caulfield Cup. That was Sulcum, who bombed the start by six lengths, only beaten five and a half lengths on the line. Gear change, blinkers off. Joe Marrera takes the ride. And his form prior to the Caulfield Cup was simply outstanding. So I think he's dangerous, particularly with only 53 and a half kilos in the race. So great Melbourne Cup coming up, I think. But I'm very keen on Vorban to win. Absurd breakup and Sulcum the dangers. Beautifully done, Beautifully mate. Done, I mate. love your styles. Uh, you, you're sticking fat, which is wonderful to see, mate. You've been right on this horse, Vauban. Right from the start, mate, which is awesome. Adam McGrath, uh, are you going to throw a spanner in the works, mate? Uh, give us your thoughts, your top selection, your best value in your top four. Yeah, look, I'm not. I've got double figures about Borban, and I'm staying with it as well. I want to know what Shane has got. He's been counting this for six months. He's got more than the, the ten dollars I've got. I'll give you the hot tip. He's keeping that very close to his chest. But uh, I knew we were going to get Shane's reasons, so I'm not really going to dive into that. Exactly what he said with the form. I did have the Breeders' Cup ride with Ryan Moore. If you're someone who's trying to look at, at differences, I mean, go watch that. He's in form. It was one of the better rides you'll see. And. We've been blessed at the moment. I know we don't need to go into it, but Craig Williams on the weekend with Bella Nipatina, J-Mac on the finish line. We've just been seeing so many good rides throughout the spring carnival. Uh, as Shane said, the key thing for me has just been seeing this horse settle in. And by all reports, I mean, when you see Mick Price come out and say, oh, this horse is blowing my mind from what I've seen and how many good horses have Mick Price seen, you've got to take all of this into consideration. We did that with Romantic Warrior when they said it was 80%. Now we have to do it when people are saying this horse is pretty special. So that just backs it up for me. He's on top, drawn nicely, and I think it'll be very hard to beat. My value bet, I was there was a couple I was looking at. I was looking at Solcombe. I was looking at Van Declare. They deserve honourable mentions, but it's a Melbourne Cup, and I was on this horse last year, and I'm going to back it again, and it is value. I'm going Darkwind Sweet Junior at 91 to 1, and I think we'll get more than 100 to 1 on the day. Um, this horse, look, it came six last year. I was on it about 200 to one on that day and it rattled home late. He's such a plugger. He needs 30 to 100 meters, needs further, to be honest. He doesn't really have that turn of foot. But when they start getting to this type of distance, that when he that's when he looks like he's got a turn of foot. He did that last year with 53. He's got the same barrier. He drops now to 51 and a half. And his lead-up races have been a mile better than they were last year. He's been two, three lengths off them, been performing nicely. So I'm hoping that that strong tempo that I'm predicting, we're going to see this horse really rattle home late. I don't think he'll win the race, but I'll be having him in all my trifectas and first fours at a big price. So he'll be my value bet for the race. My top four will be Vorban from Gold Trip without a fight and then Dark and Sweet Junior. So 5 1 3 12. Love it, mate. Uh, I must admit, I, I'm a bit of a uh, Darkman Sweet Junior fan myself, and I reckon you're spot on there. For what it's worth, I'm going with Vorban as well, boys. So uh, the three of us are, uh, are in the same. I, I'm going with the same theory as you boys. Everyone's speaking it up. You know, speaking to people down there that saw that track work last week, people at Werribee, uh, they're all saying the same things. Uh, this horse is something out of the blocks. Uh, just needs a little bit of luck in running, and you think going to be very, very hard to beat. I'm with Sulcum to, uh, I reckon, run a huge race too from the Chris Waller team. More felons. I thought this run was good. Jamie Carr, of course, combining with Chris Waller in the Geelong Cup. I thought this, yeah, you know, screamed out that uh, 3,200 metres is going to be right up, uh, right up the alley. Uh, and it's got that Chris Waller polish, of course. And then Gold Trip, you can't fold it as well. So Vorban, Sulkin, more felons, Gold Trip. And the one I'm chucking for a bit of a, I reckon the Ma Eustace team, Future History, uh, it might be the one uh, that uh, that might be uh, for moldables as well. But, uh, yeah, it is going to be a cracking addition. Now, what else have we got on Cup Day, of course? Uh, they got the big race up in Sydney. Uh, what's it called? The what's Big Dance? The big, the big Dance and the Little Dance. Uh, what else have we got uh, around the country on Cup Day? There's race meetings everywhere. I'll come back to you, Ads. 
Uh, well, I've got one at Flemington. I was on it uh, the other day. Race two, number one, pounding. The nose roll comes off. The blinkers go on. Barrier one, beaten four and a half lengths in group ones. Now drops the listed grade and has had five runs at Flemington for a win, a second and two thirds. So I'm happy to be on pounding. And then it'd be rude not to go to Ascot on uh, Cup Day as well. <laughs> race seven, number seven, Autumn Rebel. And race eight, number one, Super Smink. So Autumn Rebel and Super Smink over West. Oh, you're in good nick over in the West too. Don't worry about that. Shane Anderson, what are your thoughts, mate, for uh, around the grounds? Yeah, I've got a few bets I'm keen on. Uh, one of them matches very much up with uh, Adam there. I did think uh, race two, number one at Flemington, uh, pounding, ticked the boxes to be the horse to beat there. So I'm happy to strike with it. Uh, Flemington race number nine, I quite like Kazoo at around $6 because uh, this uh, Waller train runner, drawn well, uh, is a quite a promising type and I just think it looks really well placed to lead and, and control the race. So Kazoo at around that $6 mark. And in race number 10 at Flemington, there's a horse called Bermadez who resumes. Going to get a massive price about it, uh, probably around that sort of $35 mark. Uh, very good first up record. It's had two jump jump outs and just looks uh, quite dangerous in that race to be finishing over the top of them. I do want to throw in one in the big dance at Ramwick. Um, Superium, each way at around $21 for the Hawk stable. Um, been freshened up after winning the Port Macquarie Cup to qualify for this race, but the runs prior were in much stronger affairs, including finishing third in the Sandown Stakes. Just looks very well placed on best form and had a nice trial last week to, to be ready for this. So there's a few at uh, nice prices that I'm keen to play on the day. But, of course, from my perspective and like most people's perspective, it's all about the Melbourne Cup. Interesting. A uh, bit of rain around in Sydney too. Uh, they reckon over the next couple of days as well, which might make that really interesting. Uh, Bermudez, you're right, coming off a couple of nice trials. I'm actually going to go against you for Maddie's must-haves. There's a horse called Chicago Storm. Uh, the Adelaide horse coming across uh, race 10, number three. It was a really good win. Uh, one with a leg in the air last half for mine. It's got to step up, obviously, again, but uh, I, I thought that uh, this horse has got above average ability. I think it's one seven and uh, got a bit of uh, ability to bring it across here on Melbourne Cup Day. Is always a good sign. I'm with you boys on pounding too, but I don't want I'm going to change because we can't all <laughs> jump on the same again. So I'm going to go race three, number seven, Warmonger too. One from the Hayes camp, uh, Frosty Lane. He's in sensational nick at the moment at about $3.70. Uh, this horse won really, really well at Mornington last start, and I reckon it might be uh, a nice horse in the making as well so uh they are my maddie's must-haves hey listen it is a cracking week we know that it's uh it's only uh, just started to be honest but uh some great racing right throughout the week the melbourne cup is the race that stops the nation legends uh it has been a pleasure as always and fingers crossed for boban can get the job done for both you boys who got the overs i know you're just sitting back there not saying too much um but seriously good luck to you both and uh look forward to chatting next week or, or later on in the week i should say we might not see Shane again if it doesn't win. I'd say, mate, he might be, be done. Throwing the cash out left, right, and centre one. He'll be done. We'll never see him again. Uh, all I can say is let's hope for Irish eyes to be smiling after the game. <laughs> Good on you, boys. We'll talk to you in the week. See you guys. See you guys. Imagine what you could be buying instead. For free and confidential support, call 1 800 858 858 or visit gamblinghelponline.org.au.